Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Worth Playing For podcast. This is going to be episode 14 of the podcast, where I talk through the second episode of Survivor, the Australian Outback, entitled Suspicion. And, you know, let's just kind of talk about an overview of this podcast here. So if you have not listened to the episodes yet, um, this is kind of just bite-sized pieces of me doing a full Survivor rewatch from season one, episode one of Borneo to Survivor when as it were, and where we are now in Survivor. Um, I'm hoping that by the time Survivor 41 premieres, I will probably finish All-Stars. I think that's about the pace that I'm going at, um, and I think that'll kind of put a nice bookend to the, the podcast as we pause it to talk about the, the upcoming Survivor coverage. And I'm also kind of hoping that in the middle of the podcast that I'm doing now, um, probably when I'm around Season 5 or 6 or so, um, Island of Secrets, Survivor South, Af- South Africa will come on, and I'm hoping to do some coverage on that as well. So lots of exciting stuff going on here. Um, and so please give me a subscribe, give me a follow or a good rating, whatever podcast platform you're on. Share it with your Survivor listening friends and stay tuned for all the exciting stuff we have going on here on the Worth Playing For podcast. So let's get into Suspicion, the second episode of Survivor, the Australian Outback. So in the recap, we kind of get a reminder of, you know, the tribes, both their journeys to their camps. Um, In the Kucha camp, Kimmy apparently could not stop talking. I talked about this a bit in the last episode too. I think they really played this up considering they were all having this bonding session over, you know, um, like telling embarrassing stories about each other, getting to know each other. Um, And I think they... They, they are really playing up the fact that people are annoyed with that, even though it seemed like it was really just Varner and Deb, and Deb is gone now, so I'm not sure how much that really matters. I think they're just kind of trying to foreshadow a little bit the fact that Kimmy, you know, has a has a very big personality and that she will be the next one gone from the Kucha camp. I think they're trying to, like, you know, start to give us some reasons for that, but I really don't think the talking thing was that big of an incident. Um, and despite Varner being pretty sick, um, he was able to catch wind of the fact that Deb was convincing everyone to vote for him and turned it around on Deb as she ends up being the first boot of the season. So we talked pretty much all about that and kind of just noting that the strategy has already really um, come around and really evolved here. Um, Blindside was something that we not did not get on Borneo at all um, and now we, we pretty much have one in the first episode and we're going to get another pretty good one here as well. So um, Australia is already kind of continuing to move the wheel forward in terms of strategy and gameplay. Um, so in start of episode two, we wake up early with the Kucha camp, um, and there, there's a really weird situation here that Mike wakes up early and decides to make rice for everyone, and everyone thinks this is really strange, and whether Mike wanted the rice for himself, um, and, and it's just really weird that Mike, you know, claims to be about the team, but he's really about himself, and then he kind of tries to spin it that he was just making breakfast for the camp, and it's really for everyone, and then, you know, he kind of finds it weird that no one is liking this or appreciating this, but he, he never really decided with the team that he was going to w- wake up early and make rice. He kind of just decided that on his own and then is weirded out when no one appreciates this. Scoopin just isn't really getting the tribe dynamics here. He thinks he, he, and then he has this really weird prayer. I'm not sure whether this is here or whether this is later in the episode, but it's, it's so, so strange that he gets like, says a whole grace with the tribe um, and says like this line, like, oh, like, I hope that this doesn't make me look like the leader of the tribe. It's like, it, it, it clearly does. Why are you talking about this during your prayer? Um, and also like, if you are catching 
like you're waking up early, you're making rice, and you're you're saying grace with your tribe. You're the leader. Like I'm sorry. Like that's it. Like there, there's nothing really much more about that. Um, but you know, from the camera's angle, the can the the editing and the production is really trying to sell us that Mike is this, you know, misunderstood protagonist that we want to root for. And I think people at the time really were. Um, I think people, a lot of people really liked him. He was this good guy who is just laying his life on the line and doing everything he can for his team. And his team just never accepts him, never embraces him, like poor Scoopin. Um, and I think that was kind of the narrative of the season. However, obviously, now knowing the kind of actions Mike has taken, I'm not going to fall into that trap um, because... Uh, you know, not the not the greatest dude, um, and so it's it's hard to love him in these moments when the show is really trying to get us as the viewer to like him. Um, meanwhile, at Ogacore, Kel is is doing a lot of fishing, and Mitchell notices that Kel is trying to do that because it'll increase his capital and help him stay longer. Um, and 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 Mad Dog just does not want to work, and the tribe does not want to work. And so the whole tribe outside of Cal goes on this like beach day and they're they're going to this what I don't know what they call it, the the beach or the jacuzzi or, or they call it something like that. And they are all going swimming now. Um, so not only has Cal isolated himself from the tribe, but he doesn't even come back with any fish. Um, so it, it's a lose-lose. Like A, you miss out on all this valuable bonding time, and especially, you know, and let's just talk about Survivor in general. Like Whoever fits in the least is going to be the first boot. Like, you can talk about strategy, you can talk about alliances, and sometimes that definitely does come into play. But in general, the person who fits in the least and the person who is the most isolated is usually going to be the first boot of any tribe here. Um, and when when you have no alliances, you can't just go fishing on your own while you know your whole tribe is is doing some spa day and bonding. It's, it's a huge uh, mistake on Cal's part, and this is, you know part of the reason why he goes home is just because he has he does not have the connections and he's so worried about fish meanwhile the chef and then the self-proclaimed chef chef keith and jerry um are not even concerned about fish in the slightest so it, it it's really strange to see cal just completely riding his game on the fact that he needs to catch fish it, it is a, a, a definitely a strange choice um and so, you know, Cal is, like, really really determined to do this. He has this huge master plan about wrapping twine around something. And Colby says, you know, his plan sucks, and Cal couldn't fish a rubber ducky out of a bathtub. Um, and it's just a lose-lose from Cal. Like, not only is he not bonding, but he's making himself look like more of an idiot because he, he doesn't even know how to fish in the first place. Um, so we go back to the Kucha camp. Jeff and Alicia read the, read the clue for the next reward challenge. And they have peace together that they're definitely jumping off a cliff today. They kind of get together that um, the reward should be something comfort-related, probably some pillows, probably some blankets. Um, and we immediately get a sneak peek that Roger is not going to be a fan of this challenge. Um, he is afraid of heights, he can't swim, and so this is not a challenge built for Roger Bingham, uh, for sure. Um, but we do get, so both tribes go to this cliff and, and go to the reward challenge. We get this huge epic music number as like all the players eye the cliff that they're gonna have to jump off of. There are two crates in the water and the tribes must swim out to the to the crate one at a time. Um, they have to, to touch the crate and then the next member can kind of jump off. It's kind of like a, a relay race, but jumping off a cliff. Um, and then they have to unhook the crate, bling it, and basically swim it, and then carry it to the platform. Um, and you know, we expect that Ogokor should win here um, because we are told that Roger is going to hold the Kucha tribe back, and that, that's pretty much all that happens. Um, Mike and Jerry jump off first, and Evelyn just kind of starts going. 
it seems that Elizabeth wasn't the great swimmer either. So this is the second time that uh, she has, you know, had an abysmal challenge performance. Um, so she kind of delays them and they're about to get delayed even further because Roger like hesitates his jump and then needs help to make it to the crate. Um, I believe Scoopin goes and helps him. Um, but I mean, credit to Roger and Elizabeth here. They are, you know, it seems like they are the two weakest on their entire tribe when it comes to challenges. Um, but yeah, they're going to be the longest lasting members of, of the Kucha camp, which is, you know, really impressive from their parts, how they are basically able to integrate themselves into the center of that tribe. Um, I think, you know, it's it's definitely credit to Roger and Elizabeth there. Um, but, you know, Ogakor has a leap, and they're basically diving down when Roger makes it to the crate, um, and Kimmy is still behind them. So Ogakor has a, a pretty decent lead here, and they seem to win the challenge probably by about 20-30 seconds or, or so ahead of Kucha. Um, Ogakor opens the crate and sees all the blankets they won, um, and Kucha processes another loss, and, and Jeff, you know, really makes a big deal out of that, you know, Ogakor's on a hot streak, and Kucha, you've lost twice in a row. It's just one immunity, one reward. Once Kucha's going to win the next immunity, and then none of it will matter anyway. So we wake up on day five here, and we finally got the first Tina confessional, um, because she did not have any confessionals in episode one. Um, they call it, I, I think they called it like the, the dog that didn't bark or something. Uh, the fact that the winner of the season did not get a single confessional in the first episode. Um, but we do get a confessional here as she's, you know, talking about adapting to the environment. She's talking about the food and all the elements. Um, and we kind of get a segment of, of her and Jerry and Amber are not, you know, thrilled about Keith's cooking of his rice. Um, and they kind of struggle to believe that a gourmet chef could cook rice so poorly. Um, and this is kind of an issue that, you know, I, I think a lot of the tribe members just are, are just being yes men uh, or yes women to everyone. Um, when Jerry's complaining about Keith, they're like, yeah, Jerry, for sure. Like that rice is awful. But then when like, Keith is like, oh, I cooked the rice. Did you like the rice? They're all like, oh, rice is rice, man. Like, it's fine. Um, so I, I, I don't think everyone cares too much about, you know, the status of the rice. Um, obviously, Amber is going to really enjoy the tortilla that Jerry makes. Um, but I, I really don't think they care too much about the rice. Um, but obviously, you know who does care? Jerry. Um, so she she completely kiboshes um, Keith's plan to make the rice. And instead wants to make tortillas for the tribe with flour and water. Um, Keith, you know, he's, he seems pretty embarrassed, but he says, you know, he doesn't care. Someone's got to do the manual labor. So if she wants to take over the cooking, I'm glad to to take over the, to the hauling of wood. Um, and I think this is, is a good move for Keith. Like just like it's definitely not worth it for him to get into a conflict with Jerry. So just just brush it off. Um, just move along and contribute to the tribe in another way. I think it's good for Keith. Um, and, you know, Jerry is continuing to make herself a bigger and bigger personality, which will involve her being a bigger and bigger target, um, which we're going to see even as, as soon as this episode. Um, but, you know, in terms of and Jerry, she, she seems to have a big win. The, the camera's giving her some love. The, the editing is giving her some love. Um, she had a big win today. She's in, she seems to be in everyone except for Keith's good books, um, as she gave them all a win. They needed some good food. They, she gave them a tortilla. Um, but everyone also kind of feels bad for Keith because he was the chef and now Jerry has taken over. Uh, but in general, Jerry definitely comes out of this looking pretty good. She looks like the tribe hero for making everyone tortillas. Um, so over at Kucha, this is actually when we get Scoopin's big um, grace thing about the fish. Um, like I, I wanted to try and copy, like, and copy and paste Mike's exact grace, um, but I couldn't find it. Um, but it, it's just hilarious how he, he sits everyone down. He's like, I hope, dear God, I, I hope this doesn't make me the leader of the tribe, uh, but thank you for the fishing. It's like, why? 
why would you say that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and Scoobin, you know, his whole survivor identity is just surrounded on him being the leader of a tribe. Um, and, you know, I don't really think anyone outside of, like, Carter in the Philippines actually buys into any of this. Um, they just kind of drag him along because he he's 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 a doof. Like, he, he he's going to do stuff. He's going to put his heart and soul into the game, but he's not even a threat in the slightest. Um, so, but Kimmy and Alicia, like, we already see that Mike is definitely not in charge as he thinks he is. Because um, we the, the tribe dynamics in Kucha right now is kind of, you know, Mike is on his own. He's kind of an island. We have, it seems like Kimmy, Alicia, and Jeff are kind of a three. They kind of seems to be, to be like the young popular people, like kind of getting a bit clicky. We have Elizabeth and Roger who um, like are, have a pretty close relationship already. And then who's left in the tribe? Oh, we have Nick. I I have no clue what Nick does. I'm assuming he probably hangs out with with Kimmy and Alicia and Jeff, but I I could not even tell you Nick. I don't even think we saw him in this episode outside of him being in the gray circle. Um, but so at Ogokor, we then go back, and this is the big jerky gate of Australian outback. This is you know one of the things that the season is remembered for. It's going to be a pretty big issue. I think in Africa this is going to come up again. Um, people trying to smuggle food into Survivor. It seems like Cal did it. Uh, we'll talk about it in a sec. But um, So the cameras didn't catch it, but five minutes ago, Jerry reported to the tribe that she saw Cal eating beef jerky. And, and everyone's like, oh yeah, I totally saw him chewing. And Jerry has now managed to convince them all that Cal has a secret stash of jerky. Um, while Cal was away, uh, they looked through Cal's bag and they couldn't find anything. Um, and, and, you know, this is kind of what sways Mad Dog over. Mad Dog will then get butt hurt and say they didn't have any right to go through Cal's bag. He was innocent. Jerry was a bully, yada, yada, yada. Um, but they, but the rest of the tribe now just thinks that Cal has it in his pocket. Um, and somehow Cal overhears this and then comes running back to camp. Um, and he comes back to camp and tries to convince everyone it was not jerky. It was just grass. Um, and Jerry has a pretty good confessional. She says, you know, in order to shove grass into your mouth, you need to go get grass. And I don't think you get grass out of your pocket. Um, which was just hilarious and, and totally the right read. And, you know, it, it's not necessarily clear who who's right between Jerry and Kel here. Um, but Kel is going to, to show his cards in a bit here when he offers his razors for the tribe to use because the girls were complaining about their legs not being shaved. And, and Jerry reads this completely correctly that she's like, if you were offering us the razors, it's a huge tell that you are guilty and that you feel like you need to make up for something. But if you have just been accused and you're truly innocent, then you don't have anything to make up for. Um, so, you know, I like I would give Cal the benefit of the, the doubt as well. But the thing is, he's clearly guilty here. He felt the need to run back to camp in order to plead his case and then offer everyone the razor. So I, I think all signs are pointing to Jerry being right here and that Cal definitely was guilty of something. Um, and so, yeah, Mad Dog is not feeling happy with this. She thinks that no one had any right to go through Cal's bag. She asks them to apologize, and they just say straight up no and laugh in her face. Uh, but And then Marilyn kind of starts to feel bad for Cal, and, and we kind of start to see some signs of like the popular kids forming over at the Ogacore camp. Um, this, this clique we see a lot of, especially Jerry, Amber, and Mitchell hanging out. Colby's kind of in there. Tina's, you know, kind of like the soccer mom of that group. So we kind of start to see that five hanging out. Keith is a little bit on his own. He's got a good relationship with Colby, but that's pretty much as far as it goes. But we definitely start to see this young clique taking root over in Ogacore. 
So that's pretty much it for day five. And then on day six, they get a notice of an immunity challenge and they're all anticipating eating grubs and bugs. Kimmy, you know, is immediately in her head about things. She's a vegetarian. She doesn't want to eat any land-dwelling animals. Um, so she is not thrilled about this challenge. She hopes that maybe she can get one of the, the easier ones, like a chocolate bar or an apple. Um, and Alicia, yeah, she, I think Alicia has the right read here. She says, you know, I respect Kimmy's morals, but you can't come into a game with a list of things you aren't going to do. And I, that, that's kind of it. You know, I, I have nothing against vegetarians, but if I had a vegetarian on my tribe and we had to go eat meat for a challenge, I, I'd be a little upset too, because um, you want to come into Survivor doing anything that it takes. And Alicia's got the right read here. Even on the second season, she knows that, you know, you, you got to come into this game doing whatever it takes to win. And the fact that there's someone on um, on, on her tribe that is not willing to do that for whatever reason, morals, morals, whatever, um, like she's not willing to do whatever it takes to win. And, and that is upsetting to the rest of the tribe. Um, and Mike says, you know, if Roger can jump off a cliff and swim, then Kimmy can eat. Um, but Kimmy, you know, she's comfortable resting her life on the game for this or her life in the game on this. Um, like it, she's not going to break her morals. If, if that's what sends her home, then that's what sends her home. Um, it, it, it sucks from Kimmy, but I mean, I, I respect staying true to who she is. Um, like I'd much rather her her take one stance and then be wishy-washy about it. I'm sorry, I'd, I'd much rather her do this than her take one stance and then be wishy-washy, wishy-washy on the fence. Like, oh, I want to eat it. I don't want to eat it. Don't send me home. She She's saying, you know, this is my morals. If I go home, then so be it. Um, and it's not ideal, but it's not the worst thing. Um, so the challenge starts. Um, and I, again, I'm going to comment here. I'm not sure whether I pointed this out in the last podcast, but this weird thing that Elizabeth had on her head during tribal council, it seems like either Elizabeth or Kimmy, they like, take turns wearing it. And it's like this shirt wrapped in a headband. I don't understand it. It makes them look really strange and I'm not sure why they're wearing it that way. Um, I just felt the need to point that out. So they will have a sampling of true Aboriginal food. Um, and if they pass on an item, they lose a point for their tribe. So first up, we get scooped in a mad dog. Mad dog takes out her teeth and she's ready for business, which was a very funny scene from mad dog. And, you know, credit to mad dog, I think a little bit. Um, is she playing a great game? No, but it, it's very hard to play a great game when you're clearly isolated. She's on a tribe with, with Colby, Ambie, Colby, Amber, and Jerry. And she is like a retired police officer who's like 60 years old, right? So it's, it's definitely tough to fit in. Credit to her for making it as far as she does and being kind of embracing that and being a character but unfortunately she's just going to be a liability but you know what we do get of mad dog is good well we have it for sure um scoopin eats eats uh the food pretty handily mad dog struggles but eventually pulls it out um we then get kimmy and keith um eating i forget what they i think it's a cow brain of some sort um kimmy just straight up says i'm not doing it while keith eats it pretty easily so everyone's pretty disappointed with kimmy um but she seems even more upset with herself as well she's this is obviously not what she wanted not great circumstances um nick and jerry get a shellfish nick does it and and when jerry's struggling to do it jeff now breaks out the countdown which i found kind of strange um that jeff now feels the need to count down when he didn't for anyone else um but jerry is able to get the buzzer beater one here kel and elizabeth get to eat an apple slice jeff and mitchell eat larva amber and alicia get some sort of bug um and they both kind of pick at it um, Alicia goes a little bit more full send while, while Amber kind of picks away at it. Um, Amber is able to pull it out though. Um, big win for the eventual survivor winner, Amber. Um, Colby and Roger get the candy bar, which is hilarious how the, the two toughest guys in the game get the candy bar. Uh, I found that pretty funny. And then Scoop and Tina go. 
And Jeff really puts the pressure on Tina, saying, you know, um, like, you got to win this, or, or, like, if you win this, your tribe will go be safe. And if you lose this, they'll go into overtime. So he's really putting stakes on Tina. Um, and then they reveal to get tripe, um, which I don't think was a huge deal. Like, that's kind of in, um, like, pho and a lot of soups. So I, I didn't think that was a big deal, or maybe it's just not a big deal now. But I did think it was kind of not that rare thing. Um, scooping eats it, no problem. Um, and while Tina's, while Tina's trying to get this tribe down, Varner is, like, making yak noises in the background. I would have been pissed if I, if I was Okakor, if I was Tina, and, and I saw Jeff doing that. Um, I would have been pretty pissed. Um, but it ends up working as Tina yaks out the tripe. Um, and then we do it over time. Kimmy and Tina do have a sudden death overtime here as a worm. Kimmy is pretty hyped, and she does end up eating the worm big dub and a big redemption for Kimmy and the Kucha tribe as Ogakor gets sent to tribal council. Um, so we get a couple confessionals going into the council back at Ogakor. Colby recaps the conflict between Keith and Jerry saying how that's kind of the focal point of the tribe right now. Jerry's kind of causing some friction. Um, Mad Dog also isn't very happy with Jerry. Cal is definitely voting for Jerry. So they're trying to sell us that, that Jerry is the target. Jerry is um, kind of the, the focal point of the conflict in this tribe. Again, same as the last vote, they're, they're doing a very intentional effort not to show us who is going to be voted out, um, kind of keep us waiting a little bit, which is okay, I don't I don't mind that, but um, I definitely, especially in a case like this, um, I think it's fine because we, we knew that there was stuff with Cal, but obviously if if all these votes went down and then like Mitchell ends up going, then we're pretty blindsided, right? Because um, we didn't have that foreshadowing, but because we did get stuff with Cal, in the start of the episode, it did make sense to kind of keep us in the, a little bit in the dark going into tribal council. Um, at tribal, topics kind of include the cooking situation that, as Keith, you know, tries to praise Jerry. I think he's doing a good job with the social game. Um, Jerry, I think, tries to say as politely as she can that the rice was crap. Um, like Kobe and Mad Dog say, you know, rice is rice. Um, Tina, you know, has a big apology for a challenge performance. Um, and it's time to vote. Kel says he's voting for Jerry because he promised Marilyn and Tina that he wouldn't break, vote for them. He doesn't break his promises. I That was just so random. I don't really know what that promise would have been. Um, but either way, that that's his vote. Um, and then we get a, a vote from Mitchell. He, they don't show the actual vote, but Mitchell says, you know, I'm voting for you because you brought it on yourself. There's nothing I can do. Um, and I think we're led to believe that this was Jerry, but it's, of course, going to end up to be Kel. Um, and we get a really weird confessional, kind of a funny one from, from Marilyn, from Mad Dog here saying, Cal, 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 if you were lying in the desert, dying of thirst, every single one of us would give you a drink of water. Um, I'm sorry it didn't work out a little longer for you. You're a fine man, but you won't be calling me mother any longer. Good luck to you. And so obviously I'm assuming that this is Sue Snakes and Rat speech kind of making a reprise here in Survivor Australian Outback. Um, obviously, Sue said, if you were in the desert dying of thirst, I would not give you a drink of water. Um, and here, Mad Dog is saying to Kel, if you were in the di desert dying of thirst, every single one of us would give you a drink of water. I'm not sure why that was necessary to say in your confessional, but I, I mean, as long as it was an intentional reference, I'm fine with it. Um, and Kel seems to be in a bit of a disbelief as he's unanimously voted off the island. He plans his one vote on Jerry. That will obviously be um, a little bit of a focal point in the merge episode because they have to make sure Jerry does get the immunity here um, because because of the whole thing where past votes are the tiebreaker. So Jerry getting this one vote is not good. That's kind of the downside of Jerry here that um, this is a good episode for her. She does well socially here, but because she's just such a big player and a big personality, 
If Cal needs to throw his vote somewhere, he's going to throw it on Jerry because he has no conflict with anyone else. And she was the one who, who painted him as this liar for the jerky gate. So um, I think Jerry does good here, but sometimes it's it's better to do good less good from a background than more good out in front, right? And someone like Amber, Mitchell, even Colby, you can say, they're just chilling. They're, they're just laying back. They're letting things happen. Um, and I think that's, at least in the early days, that's probably the better way to go here. Um, and so Jerry says, Kelly, you made it way too easy to cast this vote too early in the game. And it's sad because today you were really great. You were helping us out. You were very personable. You had a lot more to say. And I wish you had done that from the very beginning, but you didn't. Good luck. And Cal's gone. That's, that's Cal's run in the game. I know he was a couple of people's winner picks. He, he was a pretty beloved character going into the season, but obviously a little bit of a dud in terms of strategy on this season. Not a huge personality. Isolated himself from the group. He had, I think he probably had high hopes for him in the game, but they none of them materialized as he has a short run here on season two. Um, in, in Kel says in his exiting confessional, I knew right from day one that it was going to be hard for me to fit in. I'm a military guy and the people I was working with are very unique, special type of people. It was going to be very hard for me to fit into that mixture. I tried, I really did, but I don't think in a couple of days I could have overcome our differences. Good luck, you're all winners to me. So, classy from Cal as he exits the game here. And so let's talk about Suspicion, this whole episode as a whole. I do think this was a pretty good follow-up um, from episode one. Um, we get to see a lot more of these tribe dynamics, and, and the whole kind of topic of leadership is very a prominent thing here, with Mike thinking he's a leader, Jerry kind of fighting for some leadership, and being out in front in the Ogakor camp. Um, and so good season, and I do think that this was the Wednesday directly after the Super Bowl, so I think this is probably a pretty exciting week for Survivor fans, as they got two episodes more or less in one week, which which is exciting for them. Um, and so yeah, Survivor Australia now back is going strong. Um, it's I don't think it's as exciting as Buenio just yet, but hopefully it's building up to something, something, um, and we'll have a lot more strategy moving forward. So MVP of this episode, I'm going to give three points here. Uh, I'm going to give it to Jerry, Colby, and Tina. I'm going to give it to Jerry because... I don't think I'll have many more um, points to give out to Jerry. I, I do think um, she doesn't have a great run in the season, um, and it's going to be hard to give her MVP points, so I'm going to give her one here because she she does put the target on Cal. Um, she does have a big one with her tortillas, and although she doesn't have a perfect episode, I, I got to give Jerry points where I can because I do think she's a good player. She's an awesome character, um, and I love her on the season, so I'm giving one to Jerry just for that. Colby, I'm giving one to him because... He, he's the center of this tribe, um, and I think that's pretty clear to see that he is the glue that's holding this tribe together. He's extremely likable. Um, he has no problems with anyone. He's a hard work in Texas, and everyone adores Colby. And then Tina, because um, she had a very poor performance in the challenge, and you know, having that, being a bit older, might lead her to being the target, but she has enough social capital, and she has enough likability with the tribe and trust. Um, that she doesn't even get brought up once as the target. Um, it's it's either Jerry or Keith or or Mad Dog or Kel. It's not even Tina at all, despite that she is hands down the reason they're there. Um, so really great stuff from Tina, and it's clear that she has building been building these bonds really effectively. And LVP here, it's hard to give one because I don't want to give one to Jerry, but she's really the only one who did anything wrong in this episode. So I'm going to give one to Mad Dog. Uh, she obviously, it's not going to last long because she is going next episode, but she hasn't been building bonds. She stands up for Cal, which wasn't really the best call. Um, and she, her reads on, on the tribe dynamics aren't really that effective either. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much it for this episode. Um, I'm really excited to talk about the rest of the season moving forward. I will be doing episodes three and four in a joint episode as I kind of start to yada yada through the, the, 
the rest of this pre-merge and then i'll do um probably the first two episodes of the merge in one episode and then kind of do two and one moving forward because i know the the back half of australia is really dry but i'm excited to focus a lot more on the ogre camp next episode as we say goodbye to mad dog and mitchell and then in episode 16 of the podcast i'll talk more about the Kimmy boot and the big iconic fight between Alicia and Kimmy, and of course, Scoopin falling into the fire. So t- two iconic moments coming at you next Monday, and this Friday we'll talk more about the Ogre Court camp. So lots of exciting things going on here. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, give me a thumbs up or a follow wherever you listen to your podcast, and I will see you next time.